At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. A warmer brother, you low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for Coast Coast with myself, Greg Hughes, and now a part of the Houston Family Podcast. And We've got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We are going to be joined by one of our favorites. Sean Paul does a great job over there at the Field of 68. And we've seen a lot of news in college basketball for the last few days. We wound up seeing two star-studded transfers from the Big 12 in Tyrese Hunter and Matthew Meyerland elsewhere, as we know. As we know, Tyrese Hunter is going to be staying within the conference, but we're going to ask our good friend Sean about both of those moves with regards to how that's going to be shaping things up for Texas and how Illinois is looking moving forward. And we're also going to be asking him about a few guys that still have some NBA draft decisions, what might wind up happening there. A few guys are out there in the transfer portal, how they're going to be able to just help out their organizations that they might wind up going to in general. So we're going to have a great chat with Sean in the second segment. Just doing pretty much a roundup of the big news that we've seen over the last few days. And in the final segment, we did wind up seeing quite a few big ticket guys decide where they're going to be playing at for college basketball for the upcoming season. So we're going to be recapping those. And if you ever do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM. They mean does not matter. So as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five-star review. Didn't really get in a lot of Twitter questions today, but we did wind up having a tremendous chat with Sean Paul. Does a great job over there at the Field of 68. It's going to be joining me next right here on Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hughes, and now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We're back here in Love you, Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Craig Hoops Peterson. Now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Great to be joined by our guest as Sean Paul does a terrific job over there with the Making the Madness podcast along with all of his work over there at the Field of 68. Man does a great job of just taking a look at the game of college basketball all 12 months out of the year. And to be able to follow Sean Paul on Twitter always makes sure that you spelt with an S-E-A-N and no H in there, but it is at Sean Paul CBB altogether. And Sean, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Greg. Always happy to join. Always great to have you aboard. And Sean, we have seen a very wild last 48 hours of college basketball. We've seen a couple NBA draft decisions. We've seen some big transfers. But what I think is biggest with regards to who might be number one coming into the season, it is a fact that, in my opinion, Arkansas winds up falling out of it with Jalen Williams not coming back. Still very bullish on Arkansas. I still think that they have a very good chance of being the best team in the SEC when it's all said and done. But I felt like this was one of the most impactful NBA draft decisions. And while Arkansas has done a great job at the transfer portal, losing a versatile guy like Jalen Williams, they have to be considered, in my opinion, one of the bigger losers with regards to all these NBA draft decisions. No question. And Williams, he's not going to be a first-round pick. More than likely, I would guess he's going to be probably like a 40 to 55 range guy. Like, I imagine he's going to get drafted, but it's not going to be in the first round more than likely. So I had imagined that he had probably come back, but 
I'm guessing workouts and other stuff probably went in his favor, and that's awesome for him. Hopefully he carves out a pretty solid NBA career. Definitely a big loss for the Razorbacks, but it makes their roster additions make a lot more sense because if he came back, having the Mitchell Twins and Jalen Graham didn't really make sense, especially the Mitchell Twins. I'm not high on those guys. I think they're okay. I think they're fine bench players. I think they fit the A-10 a lot better than they fit the SEC. But they're going to need a lot from those two, and they're going to need a lot from Jalen Graham. Like, if the Mitchell twins can perform, that's really good, and they're going to need Jalen Graham to play like he played in the second half of the season for Arizona State. But I think Arkansas is going to struggle at the start of the year, and they're going to get a lot better as the season goes on because they are very young. You have those star freshmen, but usually when you have a really young team like that, like we've seen it with Duke teams in the past, we've seen it with Kentucky teams in the past, these younger teams, they aren't as good when the season starts, but they get better as they start to know how to play with, uh, with each other and know their tendencies and that kind of thing. Yeah, but it certainly is a case in which Arkansas, I wouldn't consider them to be uberly young, even though they do have the McDonald's All-Americans coming in. But I do think that it is a case in which the chemistry does wind up needing to be there. And we see that time and time again with regards to these teams that they bring in a lot of transfers. We've seen it with the successful Chris Beard teams of the past. It really did not wind up gelling for them last season. And ironically enough, very good segue in the fact that they do wind up bringing in Tyrese Hunter, who I thought before he wound up going to Texas, he was the number one remaining transfer out there as well. Been a very, very wild last few days, by the way, for the Big 12. We'll get into that in a minute. But that said, I take a look at this Texas team, and now you wind up bringing in Tyrese Hunter, who I absolutely love. But I think the big question is, how do Tyrese Hunter and Marcus Carr coexist? Because you've got to think that Marcus Carr is now going to be playing off the ball we wound up seeing it last year. I felt like Marcus Carr hurt himself by going to Texas. I thought, thought that Texas hurt themselves by bringing in Marcus Carr. You no longer have Courtney Ramey's out there in the transfer portal. So the talent, certainly there for Texas. I just have a question as to how these pieces are going to be able to coexist. Yeah, they have two really good point guards, and that's not a bad thing to have, I would say. But Marcus Carr has to shoot the ball better, and he has to be a little more aggressive. That was an issue for him last year. I think he tried to get players involved too often. And while he's a solid playmaker, we saw what he can do at Minnesota when he had little help around him, and he would just go and score 30 a game like he did in that uh, Christmas Day game against Iowa two years ago. When he does that kind of thing, he can be one of the best scoring guards in America. But he has to be more aggressive. And I do think we'll probably it'll be tough because Carr's usually been a guy that's on the ball throughout his entire career. You can get him more scoring opportunities off the ball, probably, but he's probably going to want to play on the ball a little bit, too. So maybe you could split it up a little bit. Tyrese Hunter's going to have to shoot the ball a little better. He shot the ball well against LSU in that tournament game, but he was below 30 percent. That wasn't one of his high uh, skills coming into college, but he's a great defender, elite athlete. Coming into last year, when I watched him a little bit of his high school film, I was like, this is a guy that reminds me of Isaiah Miller, who was really good at UNC Greensboro. I think Hunter's a little bit of a better shooter and has a higher upside, but there's a lot of similarities there between those two. I think it's a great fit for Chris Beard, but they're going to have to find ways to score the basketball. But if they don't, I mean, that defense is going to be one of the best in the country. Yep, it certainly is going to be. I think it's going to be so fascinating to take a look at Texas because I think we both agree they wound up underachieving last season compared to what we thought that they were going to do. As we do have Sean Paul of the Making the Madness podcast along the field of 68 joining me right here on the show. And what do you think is going to be realistic for Texas this season? Because we saw last season they came in with all the top five, top ten hype coming in. They just weren't 
that weren't able to live up to it. And I do think that people are going to probably be soured a little bit by what they wound up seeing last season. I take a look at what they've got coming back this year. Timmy Allen was able to do a terrific job, no doubt. They wind up losing a couple pieces for last year. I mentioned Courtney Ramey. The fact that Trey Mitchell is now over there at West Virginia just was not something that wound up working out. But with that recruiting class, I do think that this is a Texas team that should be back towards the top of the Big 12. I still think that Chris Beard, one of the best coaches in all of college basketball. And mm-hmm. I do think that this could be a case in which we wound up seeing them be over overvalued a little bit going into last season. I think we might wind up seeing the opposite this year with just having that overreaction to what we wound up seeing last season. I'm high on Texas, and here's the thing. I have them top 10 when I do my updated rankings after all the NBA draft decisions on Tuesday. Uh, we'll see what it looks like. Probably 8th or ninth, maybe maybe just 10th, but they'll be top 10. I think they were ninth in my last rankings before they added Tyrese Hunter, so I'd imagine that helps them in the ranking department. But one thing I would say is I've had some questions like when uh, I've been asked a lot about the Big 12, like when I go and ask uh, people if they have any Twitter questions. Most of the, not most of them, but a good amount of the questions are about the Big 12. And I have Texas pretty highly up there in the Big 12. And some people are like, well, you know, they disappointed so much in the past. How can you be so high on them? I, I can't look at previous years and let that dictate how I rank them because every year is different. I mean, every year is going to be a little different. So there's some clear weaknesses with Texas this season, but I have to bank on the talent and bank on the coaching of Chris Beard. Yeah, but I think that we're both in agreement that with regards to best conferences in all of college basketball right now, the Big 12 is certainly setting up to be number one with that regard. And we wound up seeing a guy from Baylor who was a big part of what they wound up doing in that national title run a few years ago. He is going to be going to the Big Ten. And Matthew Meyer, guy that we're going to call what it is, he expected a little bit more from him last season, but still a six foot nine combo player that's able to shoot the three. And I'm very high on the Big 12 coming into this year. Not so high on the Big Ten, but I'm starting to warm up a little bit on this Illinois team just because when it comes to Brad Underwood, we've seen him coach in a wide variety of styles. What he wanted coming to Illinois, sort of had that Stephen F. Austin approach, generate a bunch of steals, play that full court style with regards to defense. Then when he wanted getting Kofi Coburn, they played a little bit more slow. They played a little bit more through the post. No question they're not going to be able to run that same style this year with Matthew Meyer and company. And I do think that Brad Underwood is going to be able to adjust and in a down Big Ten. I'm not saying Illinois should be the number one team, but I think that this is a bunch that now with also adding TJ Shannon should be towards the top of that conference. Yeah, I, I am also pretty down on the Big Ten this season. I just don't think there's a lot there with Purdue and Michigan State. So obviously that's going to bring the conference down as a whole. But Illinois, I like this roster. I agree. I think they're going to be a lot more athletic. I think they're going to be able to stretch the floor at all five positions now. But I'm curious to see what they do because I would personally put RJ Melendez in the starting five, move Meyer to the four, which also moves Coleman Hawkins to the five. I just don't think you can go out there in day one and trust Dane Danger to play 30 minutes a game at the five. He's played like eight minutes of college basketball in two years. Obviously, maybe he could be a good player. He's got some athleticism, and he's got like a 7'7 wingspan. But this is a guy that's barely played college basketball. So I don't think you can just rely on him from day one like that. Maybe it grows into that. But if they're starting him and playing him that many minutes from the first game of the season, 
that changes how I look at Illinois a little bit. But I like the athleticism. I think the defense is going to be good. And with some of the slower teams in the Big Ten, like Purdue, they're going to really be able to take advantage of Zach Eady by putting him in pick and rolls and letting Coleman Hawkins fire from outside. So I think that Illinois should be pretty solid this year, should be a tournament team outside of my top 25, but I think a good team. And you bring up something that I am so glad that you did, as we do have Sean Paul of the Field of 68 joining me on the podcast. We just see it with so many of these Big Ten teams. They go with these bulky big men. They wind up playing a very slow, methodical style. And you wind up seeing pretty much all these teams in the Big Ten fall in line. And when it comes to Illinois, what I'm very curious to see is if they wind up being able to break the mold a little bit. Because Matthew Meyer, while he's six foot nine, certainly not a traditional Big Ten big in that he's able to pop threes. He's got really good versatility. You really don't have that true seven-footer that's going to be sort of like, we're going to call it a Hunter Dickinson, a Kofi Coburn type of player, but you do have an Illinois team that they now wind up bringing in quite a bit with regards to recruiting class as well. Sky Clark is someone that I'm very high on. Heck, even Jaden Epps, I think, will be able to give this team a little bit of a boost. I believe that he was the number one recruit in the state of North Carolina as well. So I take a look at Illinois, and it feels like they might be going with a little bit of a different style, and I'm going to be curious to see how that winds up working on the Big Ten because I think that what has really hurt the Big Ten in past years is that you have all these teams playing the same style when they wind up seeing something different in the NCAA tournament and throws them off. And I honestly think that this could be a big thing for the conference in general and a good one. I th- and I also, you talked about Illinois' younger guards a little bit. I think they're an experienced guard away from cracking my top 25. And obviously there's not a ton there. I'm not saying like you have to go get like Courtney Ramey. I'm saying just, I don't even off the top of my head, like I don't know who that guy would be, but get somebody like Jamari Wheeler who from Ohio State last year. Like someone that can just defend who can shoot a three if you need him to. Someone that can, if there's a situation early in the season where, hey, maybe Sky Clark gets a little overwhelmed because he's a freshman. That happens for all freshmen. No freshman is perfect. That's the thing about it. So having that steady presence from a guy that's played a lot of college basketball, just as like a mentor even, I think would go a long way for Illinois. I think that's one thing they're really missing right now. Yep, I do agree with you there. I do think that they could use a little bit more experience out there in the backcourt because obviously the Andre Corbello experiment just did not wind up working out for him. Now he's actually at St. John's, as a matter of fact, so that wound up hurting them a little bit. And I do think that that is going to be something to take a look at as well because most of these big-time transfers, they are off the board, but we still do have a couple big ones as well, like Matthew Meyer, Tyrese Hunter. We just talked about those guys, but I take a look at a guy in A.J. Green, which he's not going to be transferring to Illinois, no question about it, but he still has a big decision because I'm hearing from a lot of people that it's going to be either Iowa State or Duke that he winds up transferring to if he does wind up pulling out of the NBA draft. He is still in there as well. Malachi Smith as someone that mm-hmm. Illinois knows very well. He is out there in the transfer portal Did a great well. job against him last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I thought that Chattanooga had a good chance to be able to win that game outright, and they darn yep. near was able to pull it off. And I take a look at these two guys, and I think that their decisions are going to be very big because whoever winds up getting these two guys, because it's really been whittled down with regards to the transfer portal. You don't have as many big guys out there as well. Pete Nance, someone else that could be a little bit of an impact guy, but we're down to very few transfers, but these last few guys that are still on the board field, these guys have NBA draft decisions. I think that these are going to be some big additions to over wines of getting them. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Malachi Smith, another guy that has his name in the draft, maybe he pulls out from it. I think we'll see that pretty. I think we'll see 
a conclusion on some of these guys here pretty soon because you already saw Grant Sherfield go to Oklahoma. And I feel like for the most part, the guys that are entering the draft and the portal seems like a good amount end up transferring instead of staying in the draft besides like Kenneth Lofton Jr. and Pat Baldwin Jr. and Josh Minot. Like the high-end recruit guys that decide to enter the portal seems like they're transfer or staying in the draft. But it seems like the other ones who are more of established college players and maybe not as big of NBA prospects are deciding to transfer. But I'll be curious to see what some of those guys do, like a Pete Nance even. He's one of the higher touted players in the portal. But Malachi Smith, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what he does. And A.J. Green especially. Trevor Keel still has a pretty big decision to make. Does that is that something that can impact AJ Green's decision? Because is he really going to go there if Trevor Keels comes back? I don't know. And obviously his dad's an assistant at Iowa State, and maybe Duke pursues him even harder if Trevor Keels leaves. So there's a lot at stake here for AJ Green, for Duke, for Iowa State, for Trevor Keels. It's kind of a situation. I'm curious to see how it plays out. And something a little bit on the topic, but sort of off the topic as well. We're talking about these guys with NBA draft decisions. I don't know about you, but I haven't seen a single guy that announced where he's going to be transferring to actually stay in the NBA draft. Like all Mm -hmm. these guys like Theo Akwuba, Josh Amala, list goes on and on. All these guys that said, you know what, I'm going to transfer here. I don't know if you've seen anyone, but every one of these guys. This year, I have not seen a single guy actually stay in the NBA draft. I don't think so either, but one like historically that I remember is Rajon Tucker transferring to Memphis briefly, and then he stayed in the draft. That's like one of the only ones I can think of, because most of the time they don't end up actually picking a school, but Rajon Tucker did, so that was a weird one. Yeah, what typically when a guy winds up picking a school, you can bank on that guy going to a school. I have not really seen anything this year that has been to the contrary, like you said, with Mr. Tucker. He's pretty much the only guy they could ever think of. That wound up saying, you know what, I'm actually going to be saying in the NBA draft. So certainly have that to be able to go off of. And Sean, I know that you're doing a great job taking a look at everything that we've got in college basketball right now. And finally, it looks like we're getting some crystallization with regards to these rosters. Obviously, we wind up having some big-time winners and some big-time losers the last few days in terms of these NBA draft decisions, along with a few transfers that we wind up seeing from the gentlemen that were playing out there in the Big 12 last season. So, well, the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and just what you've got going on in general. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at SeanPaulCBB. I'll be posting a lot of college basketball content there. Updated top 25 list coming next week, so keep an eye on that. Sean doing absolutely excellent work taking a look at the game of college basketball over there at the field of 68. Does a great job with all of his written and his audio work and always a pleasure to be able to get him on the podcast. So big thanks to Sean for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Soup Style, part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time podcast to give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we wind up seeing in college basketball on Saturday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. And we're back here in Mobile, Las Vegas. For Coast to Coast Eats with myself, Greg Eats Spears, and now part of the Veasan Family of Podcast. Big thanks to Sean Paul of the Making the Madness Podcast, along with Field of 68, for joining me in the last segment. He does absolutely amazing work taking a look at the game of college basketball all 12 months out of the year. And whenever he joins this podcast, he always delivers the goods. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we wound up seeing in college basketball over the last 24 hours. And we want to mentioning one of the big things, Jalen Williams is not going to be returning to Arkansas. Many people have him projected as right around a mid-second round pick, and he has decided that he is going to be staying in the NBA draft. And this is a little bit of a blow for an Arkansas team that I thought that if he wanted returning, there was a good chance that they would be number one in all of college basketball. And I still have them as a top five team. I still think that Arkansas is going to be having themselves an absolutely mammoth year, but Williams did a very good job of just being that do-it-all guy. Wasn't necessarily the master of one thing, but I mean, at six foot ten, a guy that was able to pop threes, and as the season went along, he was shooting threes better and better. Right around 11 points, 10 rebounds, 1.3 steals, a block, two and a half assists per game. Just a ultimate Swiss Army knife 
sort of guy. You do wind up bringing in the Mitchell brothers for Arkansas. That is going to be able to help them out. They've got three McDonald's All-Americans. More of those guys, a little bit more on the backcourt, but certainly this is a team that they have an embarrassment of riches. They're still going to be very solid, but I just felt like Jalen Williams was that ultimate little bit of a defensive stopper, the guy that really gave them some tenaciousness. Tenaciousness is not a real word, but I just made it up. He wound up giving them quite a bit down low on the glass, so I do think that missing that, along with just a little bit of veteran leadership in general, a guy that knows what it's like to be able to get to the Elite Eight as he was on both of those teams the last two seasons, that is going to be a little bit of a blow for them. Eric Musselman will be able to find a way. This is certainly going to be a solid team moving forward, but that is no doubt a very big loss. You did wind up seeing quite a few transfer moves as well as you did wind up seeing a few lesser moves, but then you wind up seeing some bigger moves as well, like Casey Undefu. He has decided that he is going to be following his old coach, Shaheem Holloway, and he is going to be going to Seton Hall, a guy that is probably going to be a little bit undersized out there in the Big East, but I do like what Seton Hall is doing overall with Undefu. He last season was able to give the team 10.5 points, 6 boards, right around 2.8 blocks per contest, and his 3.6 blocks per game during the 2020-21 season. That led all of college basketball. He's been stretching out his range to be able to shoot threes a little bit better. He's going to need to work on the 60% free throw shooting percentage, but you do take a look at the scene all team. I like what they've been able to do in the transfer portal. You did wind up having a little bit of a pipeline between St. Peter's and Seton all coming through there, but with Holloway, you can tell that he is really going to be looking to play a little bit smaller. Elamir Dawes, Dre Davis coming in from the ACC with regards to that backcourt. That is going to be able to help them out a little bit. Femi Otakala, who I just felt like was as to do a little bit too much at Pittsburgh. A guy that is six foot five, a little bit of a combo player, is able to dole out the ball, is able to shoot a couple threes. Should be very beneficial for the Seton All team. So I take a look at them. I do think that the arrow is trending upward on them, but I do think that getting in Casey Ndefu is going to be a solid piece. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be able to tear it up in the Big East the way they did out there in the Metro Atlantic, but very good to be able to get him in the fold. You did wind up seeing Brandon Stone. He last season was playing at Robert Morris, and he decided to go to the MEAC. He is going to be heading to Delaware State, and we wound up seeing quite a bit of me action on Saturday at Stone. Six foot eleven gentleman that wound up beginning his career at LaSalle, wound up getting some decent minutes at Robert Morris this last season. Right around six and a half points, three and a half rebounds per game, shot 86% at the free throw line, and 45% from three-point range as a six foot eleven little bit of a combo player. Now, low usage guy at Delaware State. They're going to ask him to do a lot. He is going to be a starter from day number one, and if not, it's going to be going terribly wrong for Delaware State once again because Delaware State, they just have not been able to find their footing in general. But I do take a look at this transfer for them. I think it's big for a team that wound up actually being a little bit pesky out there in the MEAC. They went 0-14 in conference, but they actually had a winning record with regards to against the spread record. So, I mean, they were able to do a solid job of being able to cover games. They weren't able to pull out any of those wins, and a lot of it is because the shooting was very inconsistent. They were 252nd in the country in terms of three-point shooting percentage, and they were just absolutely pitiful on the glass. So you're going to need him to do a little bit more with that regard, but certainly a solid pickup for them. You wind up seeing Nate Springs decide that he is going to be going down to the non-D1 level. He was at Kennesaw State this last season, and while he was at Ohio, he was riding the bench for them as well. Could never really find his footing. Never averaged really more than three points and two rebounds per game at either stop. So he is going to be looking to get a little bit more playing time at Winston-Salem State. That is one of the better, I believe, HBCUs out there in the D2 level. I might be mistaken on that, but very easy for your handicap springs. Guy that was able to shoot threes at six foot ten, but all you need to note is that Nate Springs, he was on the Kennesaw State roster last season. He is not going to be this year. You're able to cross him off your list of names that you need to evaluate for this upcoming season, and then 
you are able to move on from there. So nice, clean, and easy there. Romar Reed, he was playing at Manhattan this last season. He has decided that he is going to be going to St. Michael's. He is going down to the 91 level. Someone that wound up seeing a couple of minutes last season wound up putting up right around three points per contest. Shot 33% from three-point range as the season went along. He felt that the team was a little bit more comfortable in utilizing him, but could never carve out necessarily a big role. So he has said that he is going to be going down to the transfer portal. You saw Tyreon Joseph. He was playing at Red for the last few seasons. He's going out to the 91 level, and he was actually a starter at Austin P a few seasons ago as well during the 2020-21 season. Put up 6.5 points per contest, shot 34% from three. You know that he just wasn't necessarily a great fit with Radford, a Radford team in which a hole was greater than some of its parts. They could not wind up finding that good primary score, and you can tell that that wound up bothering him a little bit, the fact that he wasn't able to get the minutes that he was looking for. So he decided that he is going to be going down to the junior college level. You've got Malik Lawrence Anderson. He has decided that he is going to be going to the Jets of Newman after he just did not wind up seeing a lot of playing time this last season at UT Rio Grande Valley. During the 2020-21 season, things actually looked promising from him. He was able to get a little bit more than four rebounds per game, was able to be a relatively solid six foot six, a little bit more of a defensive stopper. You could tell that he was a little bit undersized for what he was trying to play, but did not wind up having bad success there. And then he wound up seeing a little bit of a coaching change, and that wound up changing things around quite a bit for him. So he has decided that he is going to be going down to the 91 level. Eduardo Lane, he was most recently playing at San Jose State. Did not wind up playing this last season, but during the 2019-20 season, guy that wound up putting up right around 3.5 points per contest. Someone who's 6'11", 240, he has decided that he is going to be going to Siena, a Saints program that they've just needed a little bit more rebounding in general. They were able to sweep the Peacocks of St. Peter's this last season, but certainly has been a little bit touch and go up and down for Siena the last few seasons. You were expecting them to perhaps go to the NCAA tournament when they did wind up having one of the top players that we've seen in that program's history. And Jalen Pickett there a few seasons ago wound up underachieving there. And then this last season wound up going 15 and 14 with really one of the biggest things holding back the Siena team being the fact that they weren't able to do a great job on the glass. So he should be able to come in, help a little bit with that regard. We did wind up seeing TCU wind up getting a pair of gets as well as Tyler Lunderblade. He was playing this last season at SMU. He has decided that he is going to be staying in safe. He is going to be going to TCU, a guy that did not wind up seeing the floor last season. A little bit of a six foot five combo player. Could be a guy that winds up helping out a TCU team that they were absolutely terrible at being able to shoot threes, but I mean, it was one of the best defensive teams out there in all of college basketball. You've got some good versatility here. He was right around number 250 with regards to 247 sports this recruiting class grades. You just need him to come in off the bench, be able to pop a couple threes, and he should be a relatively solid cog there. And then you wind up seeing from Oklahoma State, Rondell Walker, someone who he's probably not going to be popping a whole bunch of threes this upcoming season for his two seasons at Oklahoma State shot right around 31% from three-point range. He has decided that he is going to be going to TCU as well. Very much more of a defensive stopper this last year. Only five points per contest, but 1.6 steals per game. Did a great job getting into passing lanes. Probably going to need to do a little bit more with being able to dole out the ball. Probably going to need to improve that shooting just a little bit because I still think that that's a missing link 
like for TCU. This is a team that is going to be, once again, tremendous on defense. Jamie Dixon does a great job of being able to preach that. If you could just get a little bit of three-point shooting, you don't need these guys to shoot like 40% from distance, but if these guys are able to shoot in the low to mid-30s, this is really going to be a dangerous school. So going to be interesting to see if they're going to be able to get that out of these guys, but certainly a step in the right direction, being able to get both of those guys into the fold. You wind up seeing Reggie James, who this last season was playing at Coppin State. He has decided that he is going to be going to Albany State. Not Albany, Albany State. So he is going down to the non-D1 level. Wound up averaging right around 2.5 points per contest. Shot 57% from three-point range. You're probably staring like, what the heck? Yeah, it was on a very, very small sample size. And the Albany State Golden Rams are going to be getting a solid get there as they wind up playing against Places like Lemoyne, Owen, along with Central State. So this is not the Albany that is out there in the America East. He is going down to the non-D1 level. And a man that is also going to be going down to the non-D1 level, that'd be Matt Smith. Last season, he was playing over with Murray State. Just did not wind up seeing a lot of playing time in general. Wound up seeing action in four games in his career. And Murray State, right around 2.5 points, 2.5 rebounds per game. He just knew that he probably wasn't going to be seeing the floor too much. And with Murray State, we've seen a complete overall with regards to coaching staff there. He's going down to Thomas More University, which, if I'm not mistaken, that's actually one of the better D3 schools out there in all of college basketball. So, once again, another guy that you really don't need to worry about him moving forward. But Devin Gordon, he was actually doing some very solid work at Mississippi Valley State. It's been a Mississippi Valley State program that just has been very downtrodden in recent years. He is going to be going to another HBCU that they've been able to form themselves as one of the better ones out there in the MEAC. That would be NC Central. NC Central missed out on the NCAA tournament this last season, but year in and year out, they're always contenders out there in the MEAC. And with Gordon, I do think that he's going to be able to bring quite a bit to the table for this team. Now, with Mississippi Valley State, they didn't play a lick of defense while he was there, but he was able to give the team 11 points per contest shot in his two years at Mississippi Valley State, right around 35.5% from three-point range. NC Central, typically a team that they do struggle quite a bit with regards to their three-point shooting, but being able to get in a guy like Gordon who sort of knows the lay of the land with regards to a lot of the schools out there in that conference. I do think that he's going to be able to do a solid job of being able to give this team a little bit of a spark plug out there in the backcourt, be able to pop a couple threes. So I think that that is going to be very beneficial for that program. And then you did wind up seeing Achille Evans, who last season was playing at Sacramento State, averaged right around four and a half points per contest. He has decided that he is going to be going down to the non-D1 level as well. He is going to Georgia Highlands College. So a little bit of a blow for a Sacramento State team that I've really liked what everyone has been able to do in the transfer portal with that regard. You did wind up having Ben Patrick take over the program, and he has really went to work. He has been able to do an absolutely amazing job of being able to bring in some tremendous talent. So I am very bullish on the job that he is doing over there at Sacramento State. You're going to have a couple casualties. This is one of them. And then you did wind up seeing Pat Baldwin Jr., he has decided that he is going to be staying in the NBA draft after his cataclysmically bad year in college basketball. He was in the transfer portal, so he was sort of weighing his options. The least likely thing was him going back to UW-Milwaukee because, well, his dad wanted to get canned after his dad was one of the worst college basketball coaches we have seen in quite a while, and I'm not even joking when I say that. But for Baldwin, wanted putting up 12 points, 6 rebounds per game while shooting 26.5% from 3-point range. He has been the basketball equivalent of Enron in that his stock has dropped, dropped, dropped. He was a former top 5 recruit. You can tell he's just salvaging whatever he can. You got to think that someone said that they're probably going to wind up picking him in the first round. So I do think that this is a case in which he is still going to be able to get a little bit of a guarantee. I think that he probably winds up going in the late first round. But 
I do think that he's just trying to salvage anything that he can of his NBA draft stock. I honestly cannot blame him. And after having that bad of a year of college basketball, I probably too would probably not be wanting to come back. And then you wind up seeing Keandre Gaddy. He was one of the better Juco players out there at the NAIA level. He was playing at Walla Walla. He has decided that he is going to be going to Tarleton State. Tarleton State has been very much attacking this market to be able to try to extract a little bit of talent. Gaddy, who was playing out there at that level last season, he was able to put up some very solid numbers. 20 and a half points per contest. A man that needs to work on his free throw shooting. Shot right around 58% of the free throw line and tried to pop a couple threes. Didn't necessarily do a great job there, but this is a man that on the inside is able to do some very solid work with regards to rebounds per game. He was able to give the team a little bit over nine per contest, so a little bit of an undersized forward. Someone that wound up playing some very good defense when he was out there at the NAIA level, and that's exactly what Tarleton State is looking to do. They were one of the slower teams with regards to tempo in all of college basketball when they wound up getting away from that when it came to whack play last season. That's where things wound up getting a little bit out of sorts with them. So if they're able to sort of do what wound up making them successful last season where they actually put up a relatively solid fight at the kennel against Gonzaga, this is a team that they've got a little bit of upside, and then this should come as a shocker to not too many people. Isaiah Mosley, who had his name in for the NBA draft, he was a transfer from Missouri State, so he's out there in the transfer portal. He has decided that he is going to be pulling out of the NBA draft. This is one of those things in which, again, you figured it was going to be the case. It still is somewhat of news because Mosley, in my opinion, is one of the top five transfers remaining out there in the market while he was at Missouri State last season. He really put up some very solid numbers. A guy that was able to give the team a little bit over 20 points per contest. Not a guy that is necessarily going to be popping a whole bunch of threes or anything like that, but was able to lend 20 and a half points, six and a half boards, right in the neighborhood of about two and a half assists per game, and did shoot 42.7% from three fire range as a six of a five, a little bit of a combo player. And hopefully I could be a little bit of a combo player for your bankroll as it is a very good time of year here in college basketball. Rosters are getting set, and as I always say, Bets are won during the season. They're done through great prep time. And as we're getting more and more clarity with regards to these rosters, my conference previews are going to be starting up. Hopefully, I'll be able to start those up within the next 14 days, looking at the smaller conferences and then winding up getting into the Power 5 from there, as I typically do on this podcast during the offseason. So if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Soups, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean it does not matter, size per usual. Please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you're at this podcast, five stars. It is very much appreciated. And then from there, airable fire and whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast, via the five-star review. Big thanks to Sean Paul of the Field of 68 for joining me in the last segment. Going to be coming at you guys every single day throughout the offseason with the news and notes of college basketball and conference previews. And then once we get in-season picks and analysis on every single game, every single day. So I'll be coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining me. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.